Hello listeners, it's Philip here. I'm with my cousin Mark and my brother Peter, and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, The Doubles Alley. Um, and we're here to do our annual Christmas uh, special, where we give um, gifts to to the top 15 players in the ATP rankings. Um, there are a few honorable mentions, of course, as well. Uh, but for now, we're going to start with a gift-giving story in our own personal lives. Uh, Mark, I believe you have one. Yeah, so what kind of theme are we talking about? Are we talking about like the kind of as we get older and we invest less and less time in purchasing Christmas gifts, and so we have to come up with one on the fly, but actually turned out to be very useful to the receiver? In other words, the, uh, the response to the gift far exceeded the effort that went into it? Are we, are we kind of looking at it that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The response uh, far exceeded the effort is what I'm going for as well. Okay, sounds good. Because God knows I'm in that situation. But anyway, about, <laughs> eight, about eight years ago, and it's funny, it's tennis related. I had gone up to watch the U.S. Open in the fall of, I guess, 2012. And uh, I had a dog sitter that I was kind of fond of. So... I was, uh, you know, every once in a while she'd stay a little bit past sitting the dog. So I decided just to buy her some U.S. Open, uh, in a paraphernalia like a T-shirt and a hat and I think a towel. And then I got back to Miami. I didn't see her for a while. And then about three weeks later, I met my wife. So we started dating and comes Christmas time and I sort of forgotten to do proper shopping for her. And I was like, all right. I guess I'll throw the t-shirt, the hat, and the towel in a little box, put some wrapping paper on it, make it seem like I had ordered the stuff for her, gave her the uh, the shirt, the towel, the, the whole nine yards, gave it to her, and she still wears the shirt probably twice a week. Uh, she uses the towel quite frequently. So I had to recycle the gift, she really, really likes it. <laughs> no, no for the dog sitter, yes for the wife. yeah that's a pretty good one peter what about you so my mine is more of a general um gift giving story uh i rarely ever know what to um give my mom and my dad just (laughs) because they sort of always they already have whatever most of the things they could need and and, um, I don't know. It's just, you don't want to clutter their house with actual stuff. Um, they're, they're on the older side now. So it's, it's not like they have like, um, spring chicken bodies to start new hobbies or something like that. Um, and, and it's COVID. So I sort of, I was really sort of proud of myself because I, I thought for my mom, um, I had a good gift lined up this year. I was gonna, I was getting her fancy olive oil and and uh, like a fancy sort of wine um, coaster with a, with like a matching wine stopper, and and so I brought Paige in and it was like, check out the gifts that I'm getting my mom. I'm really proud of these. These are creative, and she's like, oh, I want one. I'm like, all right. 
Okay. That's how, that's how it's gonna be now. <laughs> you are married. Can't can't you, you just married. can't you just wait to inherit it? That's how it's gonna be from now on. You know. Um, for for me, uh, last year, um, I I found. I, by the way, Peter, I just want to say that that gift it seemed to involve a lot of forethought. So I give you credit. You're really uh, you're learning quick. Thank you. <laughs> Last year uh, at Christmas, I discovered like uh, an artist who did cool graphic designs on Instagram, and I just sent her like pictures of my five like family members, uh, and had her do like um, Adobe Illustrator portraits of them, and it was like twenty euros a piece. Uh, and I like had them printed on canvases, like through some online company. So it was like literally the most minimum effort gift. I've, like it was a thoughtful gift, but like the reason I like pulled the trigger was that it was so easy and, uh, yeah, it was also extremely well received. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I'll top that one in terms of just like hours per well received gift. Yeah, didn't that make it as, like, your dad's default photo or something for his Facebook? I mean, I know it was well-received. It went viral. Actually, no, Margaret also got a painting, or my sister got a painting of my dad as well, which was kind of uh, (laughs) funny that we we both got him the same gift. Uh, Yeah, and hers was by, like, a a real painter that probably cost, like, hundreds of bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so... Now that we've talked about gift giving in our own personal lives, we can now move on to gift giving to people we care more about, which are Phil. Phil, can I can I just before we get started with that, what would that what would that version be? Let's say if Rafa or Roger or Novak or or team had to do that for their significant other or their mother or their father, knowing the scale of their wealth. What, what, what might be the, the proportional uh, version of that? Any ideas? Uh, I'll, like just get, I'll just get her a million-dollar ring. <laughs> Literally, probably, right? Uh, these, earrings, these earrings are expensive. Yeah, they... <laughs> all right. 34 carat, fine. <laughs> Sounds about right. You're jo- joking, you don't. <laughs> joking, you don't. I'll just buy her 34 carat. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Picasso. Like he's, they're over at like their coach's house, and their coach has like an expensive Picasso on the wall, and they just write him a check there, and box it up, and take the painting. I actually think the richer you are, the easier it is to give like a non-thoughtful gift, just because it's it's so expensive anyway that like the person will probably enjoy receiving it. <laughs> True, true, true. Like, oh, here's a Rolex. It's just like, oh, you picked it out yourself, didn't you? I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my assistant yeah, my did. My friend sent me a photo. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so are, you, are you saying that Kobe's $4 million, I'm sorry to, you know, to use his name, but the $4 million ring he bought uh, his wife at the time after the big cheating scandal, is that sort of qualify as... That was actually like the inspiration for my suggestion <laughs> of a ring. 
<laughs> it's like, yeah. What is easier than buying a four million dollar ring for Kobe Bryant? Um, but you know, it worked. Insert bad joke there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway, uh, so so Mark, you have an honorable mention before we get into our top fifteen um, for I, a former I top do, fifteen player. Because- because you know, and, and and the term honorable mention is is appropriate because in our world, in our tennis scholarly world, this person always deserves an honorable mention. It's like every mentioning of his name is honorable. But this is going to be—he's like the Rodney Dangerfield of the Double <laughs> Alley podcast, and it's very important. You need that. You need that. You need that go-to scapegoat. Um, but uh, you know he may not be Rodney Dangerfield anymore because, needless to say, Jack Sock does much better off the court than on the court, um, at least over the last three or four years. Uh, he, he pretty much, I think he got. I don't know about what your opinion is, but I think he could sort of hold a Grand Slam trophy for his recent marriage. I would say that's a, that's an impressive uh, a feat as as he's accomplished on his own. Um, these other big feats were done in doubles. So my my Christmas gift for Jack Sock in 2021 are some really bad draws. I mean, number one seed, number two seed in the first round. Get him off the court. Get his mind off of tennis as quickly as possible. We all know as legendary racket stars that um, the best way to get our mind off a frustrating loss is with a <laughs> so if, you know, it's, it's, it's good stress relief. And again, the Christmas gift for him is just some really bad draws, so he can honor his wife in the way that a good husband should, and uh, at least a, a a good tennis playing husband should. And yeah, that's that's my gift for him. I hope he's off out of there and back to the hotel room within two three hours of every match. <laughs> are are yeah. we sure he uh, accomplished this feat um, on his own? You know, are you sure it was a single feat? <laughs> <laughs> you mean, like do i think that he's like a he was like somebody's leftovers like they said please take this girl off my hands no or i mean like the pictures are of him and this girl but are you sure there wasn't a second wedding with his like doubles partner and <laughs> that's true Is, are we are we assuming that maybe he was just the groomsman because of covid yeah the yeah couldn't actually show i'm something like that no you're right that's a big assumption i'm just giving you know what, so my stocking stuffer for Jack Stock will be the benefit of the doubt. That'll be my stocking <laughs> stuffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I have one for Kyrgios. Um, it's just another year of being considered more important than he actually is by the tour, just because he talks <laughs> a lot. Um, just think about it. He's never been, like, even top 15 in the world, and he has all this, like, Clout and everyone talks about. I think he's been thirteen. Okay, never been top ten. He's never been beyond the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. Never won a Masters one thousand, and he just gets all this clout. Like people, the media pays so much attention to him whenever he tweets or whenever he like says anything snarky. Uh, He's just like totally. What are we talking about here? Like curious. Are we talking about a politician or are we talking about a tennis player? Uh, based on this description, it sounds like you're talking about a pretty prominent politician. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so- that prominent politician has won before. 
Yeah, yeah. That brought me a politician, <laughs> like, one, but, like, Kyrgios, uh, he also is just, like, behaves, like, incredibly embarrassing ways towards, like, when he yells at the referee, there is nothing more painful to watch in the sport. Like, I mean, he can be entertaining when he's playing well, but, like, there are, there is a greater percentage of matches where he is just, like, either totally tanking or just yelling at the ref or just doing something that just isn't cool, but, like, under the guise of being a bad boy. But, like, I think to be a bad boy, what you have to be doing has to be cool. And, like, what he does seems to be just, like, like inauthentic in a way like he he like his showmanship seems like in order to be a showman instead of in order to win like the point um yeah and so all this is to say that uh he's getting he gets like sort of mollycoddled by the media uh and i'm giving him another year of that he's gonna need it He's going to need it. That's a good gift. Yeah. He's going to need it for sure. Yeah. So any more honorable mentions or are we going to go to our top 15? So I think- Do you have an honorable mention? Um, no, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I might have some honorable mentions for the end, but I just, I don't, I don't have any for now. Yeah, there are fewer gifts under all of our trees this year, so that includes the ATPs from us. Um, so, Mark, uh, David Garfan, number 15 in the world, what are you giving him? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we've given him some pretty good stuff, and he uses it, but he uses it quickly. So, <laughs> assuming that um, he, took enough, he took enough body cream from the... Uh, different hotels that he stayed at. <laughs> I'm giving him two different gifts. The first is a free subscription to Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> assuming that they're they're vetting their subjects a little bit better, um, it wouldn't be age inappropriate. But yeah, I'm giving him. I mean, aside from the fact that you know the players have to quarantine. I mean, the thing is, if anybody, if ever his favorite off court hobby was important, it's now because the players are literally told. You must report back to your hotel room as soon as you leave the tennis facility. There is no in between. So I'm giving him, I'm giving him a, a free subscription to Pornhub. And also, there was a proposal proposal earlier this year to make the Grand Slams two out of three sets. And I would say if he could get the French Open two out of three sets, I don't think he would win, but I think he could do some serious damage just for his sake we'll say they're going to play the french open this year due to extenuating circumstances two out of three sets that's a good gift yeah i think he could i think two out of three would benefit him um more than a lot of players yeah i think it could take out i don't know i don't think he, he could probably grab a set off anybody in the top five one set but the two outside of the top five that next tier i think he might be able to take them in two out of three i just don't think in three out of five yeah um, yeah, I just, I think I sort of feel guilty about how he slipped a bit in the rankings because, uh, I have a feeling that maybe the Vaseline we gave him last year, uh, <laughs> made his like grip slip on his racket a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I'll stuck, stuff his stockings with like 
extra grippy grips. Um, I mean, it, but I would just say it really does <laughs> put new meaning to the word stocking stuffer. You know, I'd say his, his stocking's going to be pretty well stuffed, to be honest. <laughs> so, Peter, uh, what, what are you, what are you going to give Ray and Itch, number 14 in the world? So, so for Rainich, if I remember correctly, last year uh, we gave him or what? No, um, we've given him hair gel. gel. We've, we've given we've him hair gel in the past. Yeah. We've definitely given him hair gel, and I also remember there was some point where um, we we wanted to get his go to like some tennis party using his ticket and (laughs) basically take his place at a big tennis party um but not interact with him at all this is sort of along similar lines this is um, so for the stocking stuffer i'm gonna give him a small oxygen tank and then (laughs) for the gift i'm gonna give him his own personal rocket ship to just get the fuck out of this world, you know, you can breathe for a little bit, and, uh, you know, we just, you get a rocket ship, man. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, um, it's pretty extreme, I think he'd like the, uh, the rocket ship itself, but, uh, but, but then using it would, uh, would be, would be a bit challenging. Um, Come on, it, it's a very expensive gift. It is, oh yeah, you're right. Um, and then the other, but why why a rocket ship instead of like a deep sea? Like um, they probably have like very boring. very deep sea diving um, cruises where like in Life Aquatic, um, and you know, an oxygen tank would be good for that. And a lot of times, deep sea divers don't don't come back up. <laughs> I'm just thinking that think think about if you really your rocket ship. You would be very tempted to use it, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Why are you assuming that I haven't already used my rocket ship? Uh, but yeah, that's that's an appropriate gift for Rainich. Um also I think Canada would like it. I'm not sure that they have a space agency. I was thinking we could get that guy as a porta potty because I always he always looks like he's just got to take a massive dump, but he feels like the effort to get to the locker room and back is just too much. I don't know the way he's got that sort of heavy ass walk. I mean, we we could give him an hour of personal lessons from Chillich. Feel like maybe if there was a porter potty, he'd be a little bit more nimble on the court. No wonder he always just grips. Yeah, yeah. His his, his his. But notice, notice how many times he crushed somebody in the first half, like him against Joker in the final of Cincinnati. Total demolition. And you know, his digestive system kicked in in the second set, and he was just a little bit too lazy to make his way to the bathroom. And he didn't want to put his mask back on. So yeah, you just think about it. You could take a yeah, porta potty, yeah, like courtside, like, and he would have been been back in gear. As as his changeover seat is like a a toilet. 
Um, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's even better. I like, I like it. Uh, Mark, you're up for Bautista Goo. So, I guess it's me. Yeah. I got a couple for this guy. Number one, I think he needs a little bit of a makeover. He, he, something, yeah, he needs to let his hair grow. Or he needs to do a team and dye it a little bit. Or he needs to just shave it off. I feel like he just, he's got, you know, there are all these players that, that, that's like the Novak haircut, but the Novak haircut doesn't work for him. So I would say he needs, he needs to let his hair grow. He needs to look a little bit more Spanish. I mean, he just does. He's just not looking the part. Yeah, it, to me, he needs to find a way to look more Spanish. That would be one. And then my second thing is just a bunch of bachelor parties. Because there's something about the <laughs> bachelor party that brings out the best in this guy. And so hopefully, I'm trying to think, some of his Spanish compatriots, maybe some of his friends from a, like, I think Bautista Agu is somebody that, that a lot of the people in the top 10 like, because once they get Bautista Agu in the quarters of a, of a Grand Slam, they know they're going to win. So, I mean, maybe in an ATP 100 or 500, they might lose, but, you know, he'll, they'll always take him in the, in the granny. So I would say yeah, a bunch of those guys that have, you know, where he's like the they're guaranteed W in the quarters or semis of a Grand Slam. I would say one of them invites him to a bachelor party during the time where he's in a Grand Slam, and then he can he can drag it out as best he can. Yeah. Um, I think what you're referring to is how uh, he scheduled his bachelor party for the final weekend of Wimbledon last year, and he ended up <laughs> making the semifinals and having to uh, change the date. Um, yeah, what, what, what's your assumption that he was pretty much – Banking on losing in what round that that, that yeah the third? quarters or was, yeah I think he was like the, the yeah I think yeah. yeah probably the round of sixteen um, <laughs> but latest, but right? I think That's like if team were to like hold a bachelor party like the final weekend of Wimbledon and invite Batista Agu he should only do that if Batista Agu is on the other side of the draw so that it would like like inspire Bautista Agu to beat Djokovic or something, you know, um, totally, not totally, himself. Totally, 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 for sure. I like, I like the way you think. Yeah, yeah. smart. Yeah. So Peter, you're up with Shapovalov. All right. So Shapovalov, um, so for his, um, stocking stuffer, my idea is just a bright orange tattoo of the sun centered on his Adam's apple. I feel like, so I, I've seen a few Adam's apple tattoos recently. I think Derek Rose has one, which says Godspeed on it, which is actually pretty cool. But I just feel like, um, Shapovlov has a lot of potential to become like the Birdman of tennis. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine if he just was fully tatted, like full colored tats. Um, from sort of neck to neck to toe, I think I think he would be sort of fulfilling his potential for his image. Then, then um, for his gift, I think I'd give him just an identical twin for for the off season to train against, just because it would it would enable him to really see a like just how annoying some of his behavior really is. Um, if someone was doing the exact same shit that he does <laughs> and then be, uh, just to 
re- fully realize just how dumb some of his shots actually are. <laughs> and, and I think he's a guy who can learn. He looks really dumb, but in, in his interviews, he's actually pretty thoughtful. Um, yeah, I'd agree with I, you there. I think, I think yeah, I think um, I think if he had those two things, a lot could, a lot, a lot of good things could happen for him. Yeah, um. I'm, I'm thinking the limiting factor with the tattoos is I still think he can sit still long enough for for them to give him a tattoo. Like this guy would be that proverbial. You know, eight-year-old trying to get them to try on shoes at the shoe store. Like you would have to tranquilize him to get that tattoo on at least any type of extensive one. So that that would be a hell of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would hurt so much. A tattoo on your Adam's apple. I just don't know how you don't laugh the whole time. I think it would tickle a lot as well. Like I just. Once the needle got even closer there, I would just be writhing with, with, with laughing. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I, there've got to be some sort of like numbers or painkillers or. Yeah. In Derek Rose's case, we know what the painkiller is. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> it's now legal in about 31 different States, but yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Like seven hemp brownies for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I like it though. That's a very thoughtful gift. You put some good good thought into that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I think it would really help him out. Peter, you're so, up next I, with Monfils. Okay, so for Monfils, uh honestly, I feel a little bad for the guy. Um I I he's got a pretty awesome girlfriend, I guess, but She's just like clearly a lot more successful than he is. Um, so I, I guess for the stocking stuffer, I'm get I, I just want to give him, gift him a collection of modern feminist models or uh, uh, of modern feminist <laughs> books. So um, I looked some up on Google, and one is called "We Should All Be Feminists" by. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Adichie. Oh, yeah. I think we should give him that one. Um, we should also give him Betty Friedan's The Feminist Mystique. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that, I think that's my favorite. That's the gold stamp. <laughs> <laughs> I read it twice. Actually and and then... Bell Hooks is feminism is for everybody. (laughs) And I guess for good measure, Rebecca Solnit's men explain things to me. Um, Actually, and then for good measure again, Naomi Wolf's The Beauty Myth. Um, And so he's got a pretty full stocking there. But I think another gift of mine to him, the, the, the real gift of oh, mine yeah. to him would be a classic French menage. You could, it's just such a menage. You don't even call it a house. You call it a menage. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's address is number three on its street spelled out in French. Just <laughs> the subliminal messaging would be hopefully to his advantage. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, I think that would 
that would be that would be something he'd really appreciate. Um, yeah, especially. I mean, uh, is is the is the is the, is the troisième pas? Mark, your your connection's a little a little weak, but I think he just said, "Is it also in the troisième arrondissement?" <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I think we'd all appreciate a nice little menage. Um, I also think we'd all appreciate a very successful, attractive uh, girlfriend. Uh, So we don't really know. Yeah, we, we just guess. That's uh, so binary, Mark. <laughs> Haven't you read the beauty myth? <laughs> but yeah, um, for for number for 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 number ten, Berrettini. Um, I'm gonna give him another year of being able to keep his 2019 ranking points. Because, like, that's the only reason he's number 10 in the world and not number, like, 25 in the world. Uh, yeah, he just didn't have a very good 2020. And so, yeah, if he can, if he, he I think he, he lucked out as much as anyone by, uh, yeah, being able, having his having his best year be the year that he could just, like, uh, yeah, keep his, uh, keep, keep the points from those. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of giving that to Shapovalov, too. I was thinking of giving that to... But yeah, I think you're right. I think Berrettini really was the one who benefited the most. Yeah, him and... No, Federer benefited the most. But um, Berrettini benefited... Of of the non-injured players, he benefited the most. Yeah, but I think Federer might need it less. Yeah. Like he could get three or four well, awesome Fognini results. Well. And, oh yeah, Fognini had a terrible Fognini, season. Yeah. Yeah. Guy won the Yeah. Um Yeah. And I guess uh my next present is to Schwartzman, number nine in the world. Um the biggest baller on tour right now. Um, I think everyone just loves him because. Pagnini, Pear. I mean, the fact that these guys are even still in the conversation is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But with uh, with Schwartzman, I think I'll give him. I think we, we gave Rayanish a different sort of throne, but I'm going to give him like a king's throne on his changeover so that he can be sort of the same height as his opponent. And have it have there be a crown as well, just because you know, yeah, he he is he is the prince of the tour at the moment. Um, yeah, have his like racket be be jeweled out and stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that would be I think that would go a long way for him. Yeah, I think that no, I think that uh, he. It would add to his swag. I mean, I feel like that would make him a little less underground. Um, 
he's someone who could use a little more attention. Yeah. And at night it can be his his uh his his equivalent of like a pimp cane. <laughs> yeah. Um true. Um all right, who's next? Uh Mark, you're up next with a Rublev. Dang it's me. Yeah, what are, what are you giving Rublev? Yeah, this is not... Mark, your connection is really bad. No, neither of us can hear you. All right, I think... Uh, I think Mark is... Uh, Mark is unable to give his gift to Rublev. Um, Peter, do you have any ideas for for Rublev? Um, I, I for a stocking stuffer, I could give him a bowl, just to just to cut around. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking also of like a skull, like Hamlet's skull, because he just sort of looks like a skeleton. Um, and so if you could see him just like holding his like sculled the way Hamlet does between points. I think that would just be that would just be a great image. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um and maybe just some vodka for good measure. Okay. Mark is back. Um we've we've given we've given Rublev a few things so far, but let's hear what you, you have for him. No, I wanna hear because I don't want to double on the gift. Go ahead. What what have you given him so far? Um, so I, I gave him a bowl for for haircuts, and I gave him um, a a skull like the one Hamlet holds. I like it. I like it. So to go along with the bowl, um, I would give him a really long leash because he's the tallest <laughs> poodle I've ever seen. And when you're that when you're that tall, you need space to roam. So I think that his owner definitely needs to let. Particularly the way he hits, this guy really maxes out. So I would give him first a really long leash. And the second thing I need is, I think he needs a... Um, he's still under the radar. Uh, he's not the rush. So we need to give him a fan club. Um, kind of pump him up. You know, he sort of has to self, self-guide self during these big matches. Because I can't imagine that many people cheer for him. Even when Peter and I saw him playing some big doubles... I think even both of the girlfriends were cheering for Kachanov, but not necessarily for Rublev. So, yeah, I would give him those two things in addition to what you gave him. Yeah, he's kind of the under-the-radar Russian because uh, Kachanov was better than him, and then suddenly Medvedev was better than both of them, and Rublev has always been the second best of them. So, like, he's just sort of like the equilibrium point of the Russians. <laughs> yeah, that's really most people think that Zverev is Russian too. Yeah, yeah, the Germans wouldn't mind if pe- people thinking Zverev is Russian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good call, good call, good call. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Zverev, um, what I'm giving him is a <laughs> presidential pardon. Um, <laughs> In all respects. Yeah, earlier today, uh, Trump pardoned um, a lot of uh, miscreants. Uh, 
who happen to be like in the public sphere, such as Paul Manafort um, and uh, Charles Kushner, uh, and and you know, Sverev is um, a celebrity, you know, and uh, he's accused of having done stuff in the U.S. So you know, um, he ch- he checks two boxes for a Trump pardon. So um, yeah, for. For any misdeeds he might have done, um, Donald Trump, it's up to you. It's, it's, you can make Alex Varev's Christmas. He needs it. I think that's a great call. I don't know how he petitions for it, but I think uh, should he also ask for I a think Twitter. For I think tw- Twitter him? is the best is the best route for him. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> um, should he also get a? Should he also get? Should he also get um, should he also get a, uh, uh, a pardon for choking against team in the U.S. Open final? <laughs> <laughs> a pardon for all forms of choking. Um, yeah. A pardon for all forms of choking. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. That's a pardon. All right, and I love so. It. I love it. <laughs> on, on a more savory tweet that that may be the ta- that's the tagline that's the tagline from this pod <laughs> <laughs> the pardon for all forms of <laughs> yeah so um on a on a more savory note um Stefano Tsitsipas he's uh becoming one of the great Greeks um he might be the world's greatest Greek at the moment um him and Giannis are, I mean, he's probably still behind Giannis, but, um, you know, he's got the hair. And, uh, and you know. He's definitely not behind Kyrgios, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's definitely not behind him. And, you know, what What all Greeks get are marble statues. And so what I'm giving Sitsipas is a, a marble bust of himself. Man, who would love that? Yeah, he can, like. He can have it by his chair on changeovers and stuff, and yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think yeah. I think that would it could it could start off at the Parthenon, but then he can he can have it for himself. He can have a replica. So so in in Rublev, um, since the past matches, they would both have some sort of. They'd both be carrying one would be carrying a bus to himself, and the other would be carrying a skull. Yeah, so both would be carrying busts of themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I feel like there should be a little more WWE um, brought to tennis. Yeah. Um. So, Mark, what do you what are, what do you have for Federer at number uh, four? I mean, I think he was already given his gift. I mean, the COVID is, honestly, he should be self-funding a good good chunk of the European economic recovery because this guy was just, I don't know what he would be ranked. Would he even be in the top 30 right now if it wasn't for the freezing of the ranking points? No. Uh, no, I don't think so. Then it looks like he got he partially, I mean, it was the right move by Australia, but I guarantee you trying to get Federer to play is part of the calculation. Of moving that tournament back a couple weeks, so oh, this guy's yeah. already been given, you know, more than he deserved. But building along your WWF um, sort of motif, 
I think he needs three things. Number one, he needs a MAGA hat, and he needs to wear it on the court because I think he's lost a little bit of that killer instinct. You know, he's just too. He's he's too. He's got too much equanimity out there. You know, when you lose by a point, you can't. When you lose by one, you know, when you have a double match point at Wimbledon, and it's the, probably the last chance to get to win a major. You need to like. He should have bludgeoned Djokovic. He should have cracked him at the net. He should have taken whatever fans in the. I mean, like there should have been visceral anger from that. And um, you know, he, the Mister Nice Guy is, is, of course, very admired, but he, he needs a little bit of anger. So I think he needs to walk out on the court with a racquetball racket because racquetball players seem to be pretty temperamental. He needs a magnet, <laughs> and then he needs the ATP to freeze ranking points until Wimbledon, even if he's playing. The ranking points still need to be frozen for him. Yeah, those are good gifts. I'm thinking of like the hypothetical scenario where Federer is not top thirty. Like, imagine being <laughs> Rublev. Like, you've worked so hard to be top a top eight seed for like the top, <laughs> se- and then you're you're you you draw Federer first round. <laughs> Any of them. Any of them. Yeah. He would- he would be like anyone he would be so dangerous except like in the, the first top. Round, the yeah, first yeah, round. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be so dangerous in the first round. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> like Joker. Everybody would lose to Federer at Wimbledon in the first round. Joker. And <laughs> like, there's Just already like Andy Murray floating around, and like Marin Cilic is not someone you want to see in the first round, and like. <laughs> yeah. Like so Sanga is another one. Advantage to be unseated because then he could. Theoretically, like pick off Nadal or Djokovic early, just take their draw, and he probably has a better chance than he does later in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, it's I think true. he has a better chance of beating Novak in the first round than he would in like the finals. That's uh, a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. So, Mark, you say you have something for Medvedev as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that a couple of things. The first is that um, one of the uh, one of the Grand Slams needs to be played entirely indoors, or at least all of his matches need to be played entirely indoors, because we saw what a beast this guy is on an indoor surface. I think it's just quick enough that like his serve skids a little bit more, and that um, and that uh, you know the low, the the low the. The low, low position on the court in which he hits his shots, and probably those flat shots seem even faster. So that would be the first thing for Medvedev. I would say uh, the second would be um, he needs trying to. Um, he needs he needs like uh, he needs the French Open to be played on a different surface, just so he can steal a couple. I mean, everything's tennis related. If you guys can think of, it, it'd be great. So, but those would be my my two my two. Number one, he okay. needs indoor Grand Slam from start to finish, and number two, he needs the French. Either he needs to play his match indoors with less clay on it, or he, they just need to move the French Open to a different surface this year because he's just not very good on clay. Even though he seems like somebody who would have a pretty good clay game, but maybe you guys have something non-tennis for uh, me. Uh, yeah, something non-tennis for me would just be like a pie in the face. I think he would. I think he would. <laughs> I think he would find that so funny. Like he's he's kind of a chill guy, and so if like yeah. in one of his press conferences, just somebody <laughs> surprised him with a pie in the face, like I, I think that would be a fun uh, a fun a fun moment. I think yeah, right. Medvedev might be like the funniest guy on tour. Um, 
because you know how he was he was sort of framed as the villain of that U.S. Open where he got to the finals, but then it turned he was around almost quickly. like yeah. too confident and too funny to continue to hate, and so now everyone loves him in New York. I feel like yeah. he just got more opportunities to show off that he's just super chill. Um, that would work to his benefit. Yeah, his like, like low key celebrations, like his just shoulder shrug. Winning, yeah, that, that, that's pretty nice. Yeah, like there should be some like improv feature, you know, like whoever, um, whoever, like yeah, you know, some type of ATP improv, like the winner of it gets a couple extra ranking points. I like where you're going with that. Very good, I like it. Yeah. So going from one of the the most uh, ebullient personalities on tour to one of the least, um, Peter, what do you have for Dominic Team? So, as my stocking stuffer, I have a glass of water and a squat and a squat rack. I have two stocking stuffers. the 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 glass of water is meant to help them with choking, because um, even though joke, even though Zverev out choked him in the U.S. Open, team tried really really hard, including two double faults in the final set tiebreak. And he he had multiple double faults against Djokovic in the match. He actually won at the uh, end-of-year tournament. But he, again, tried very hard to lose that match. Um, and then I also have the squat rack to um, just help him carry the, 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 the asterisk that's on his, on his U.S. Open championship, um, given that he didn't have to go through any of the big three and he just got out choked by Zverev in the final. Um, <laughs> the the gift I have is um, for the Austrian Tennis Federation to graciously let him know that he doesn't have to play that two hundred level Austrian tennis tournament instead of the Olympics. <laughs> 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 yeah, I wonder if that's even happening this year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, it can't be that he's worried about other things at the Olympics. Um, he's just, he's just very, uh, he's just a just very patriotic loyal, guy. They, yeah, they should let him know he doesn't have to be so loyal. <laughs> they actually enjoy him winning a gold medal more than. To than making an appearance at an Austrian tennis tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a very thoughtful gift of you. Um, <laughs> I have another thoughtful gift. This one's for Rafa. Um, I mean, I think I've given him variations of this gift in the past, but uh, you know that targeted advertising is getting very good when you, as a bald guy, are getting um, shown ads of like razors specific for shaving your head um and yeah i think i'd uh i'd give one of those to rafa because you know he needs it at this point yeah although it seems like he takes a lot of pride in his hair i i think he, he's gonna go down with the ship i think i also i have i have a personal state hulk hogan I I have a personal stake in this because um, I I really want him to join Mount Baltimore along with uh, Agassi <laughs> and uh, 
Davidenko, and I think Mooster is the other one I'm putting on there, even though he wasn't like fully bald. But um, yeah, I think we need we need a stronger number one. You mean Lubacic? Lubacic? Yeah, right? Lubacic. Or did Mooster? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we need a stronger number one than Agassi to beat Mount Gingemore <laughs> with like uh, Becker and uh, and Courier because like right now it's very competitive between the Baldies and the Gingers. Um, and with Yannick Sinner coming up, like, who knows? Um, we might lose our edge pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, I just sort of, yeah, it's there. I have a little bit of my personal uh, feelings at stake in this gift. Um, like, I, I come will on, say Rafa. It is quite remarkable how few bald guys there are in the top, t- among top tennis players. Like, just uh, totally odds defying. Yeah. It's it's remarkable. They, they I think pretty much is, all have full heads of beautiful hair. I think there might be some um like some surgery going on. Uh because yeah, for a lot of celebrities, uh it is worth it to them to remain exquisitely youthful in terms of uh physical features. Um more use, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, how many? Yeah. How many? You guys, like the highest ranked bald squash players in the world. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's Marwan El Shorbagi. There's a Simon Rosner. Right. There's a okay, Muhammad no, no. El Shorbagi is uh, is coming up quickly. So uh, <laughs> okay, okay. You're not so too, yeah, you yeah. Might the, be top twenty though. The the squash. I mean, the squash world is skewed in that. Um, a lot of the top players are Arab. <laughs> <laughs> you guys included, yes. I mean, Agassi, Agassi has Iraqi genes. Yeah, uh, true. But it's yeah, true, it's true. that's what I would get, Rafa. <laughs> I like it. I was thinking he also needs just a little bit of like some bad blood. I don't know. Maybe I don't know him that well, but he just comes across as like the nicest superstar in like the history of sport. Like he just doesn't... He never has anything bad to say about anybody. Like, he always knows when to bite his tongue. I mean, like, maybe there's a little bit of bad blood with Kyrgios, but he was always given a get-out-of-jail pass. Like, hey, as long as you sort of hack the part, you know, you'll be forgiven. And, and Rafa said some pretty nice things about him after the after the match in Australia. So, I don't know, maybe some bad... Like, he just seems to lack hate. So, there's almost no... He doesn't really have many grudge matches. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of one in the French Open, but that was more just a matter of pride rather than out of any, you know, visceral dislike for Joker. So I don't know. I don't know if it'll help us down this, but it just I think it might make him even a rounder character just to have just to have like a couple cells of bad blood. I don't think there is much coziness between Novak and Rafa. But that's just a pure competitive on uh, a competitive level or Yeah, I think like, I think yeah, they're yeah. they neither Neither is happy when the other wins, you know. <laughs> like, like when when Novak won Wimbledon, I guarantee you, Rafa was just like, "Fuck!" Even though it was Federer, like, even though like it would have been twenty one <laughs> for Federer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fair. I guess he needs to carry over some, like, you know what I mean? Like that, just ruthless thirst. To just demolish them, like that French Open blood he has, you know, whatever those, whatever his pregame snack is before the French Open, maybe just take that snack with him wherever he goes because it's 
it's like nothing. I honestly think that this guy, I was thinking about it last night. I'm wondering if he's going to really try to try to push history with the French Open and play until he's 38 or 39 and see if he can win like 16 or 17 of them. Because he doesn't see, I mean, if ever conditions were ripe for him not to have his best French Open, it was this year. And clearly he balled out. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there's, you know, maybe he's quiet about his pursuit of of uh, rewriting history. But I'd love to see that guy make it to sixteen or seventeen Frenches. If he could eclipse, yeah, if he could eclipse yeah. Sampras's Grand Slam total with one tournament, that would be insane. Yeah, uh, I would say so. Let's go for that. Let's go for that. The fifteen at the French, at least. Yeah, I guess that'll be my stocking stuffer. Just. I don't think, though, to, to talk about your point of, like, bad blood, I think it's just not in any of their financial interests to have bad blood with the other <laughs> tough players because they, they, they make so much money, like, both for themselves and their foundations on, like, with, like, exhibition matches and, like, like Federer's exhibition match with Nadal in Africa, like, for the Roger Federer Foundation, like... Novak and Rafa have played exhibition matches like uh, Andy and Rafa, Andy and Novak, like uh, like uh, yeah, they They'll all play have like, with like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like uh, it's yeah, it's, right, it's right. not like they are really competing against each other for checks as much as they used to, like the top players used to in the past, because like. The other person also represents like millions of dollars for you. Like this person's friendship represents like quite quite a quite a few million dollars for you as well as like everything else. Yeah. yeah. So so Peter, what do you have for Novak? So this is our our last one. He's number one in the world. Um, I guess. All the guy really wants at the end of the day is to be loved. He's like the king in um, in Gladiator, who just wants the crowd to love him. Um, but he's really he's, he he shot himself in the foot a few times this year. Um, he feels a little indignant about it. He just feels misunderstood and media bias and. I actually believe that there is some media bias against the East, Eastern Europeans um, just because they have a sort of different um, kind of uh, wet sort of way they carry themselves than, than the, than the Western world. But what, what I would like to gift Novak is um, a fake tragedy. The world actually believes. <laughs> I don't know what that tragedy would be. I don't want it to be real. But I think that that would, like, if there is something that can get the world on his side, like, maybe the world believes that he has, like, a rare form of pancreatic cancer, and he's, like, he's, like, winning these tournaments, but only has X time to live, or something like that. Um, and then, for my uh, stocking stuffer, um, this is on the other side of, side of things. Um, I think it'd be really funny and just really annoying for every other player on tour if if Djokovic for a year um, committed to um, winning match point with a specific shot. 
Like whether it was like the the backhand down the line, he just every any match point he wins has to be a backhand down the line or something like that, um, because it would just be like just an, a little an, a little extra layer of fuck you to everybody else. Yeah, that would be so annoying. <laughs> that would be like that would be like a bat flip in baseball. That would be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like calling your shot yeah his signature shot his <laughs> yeah. Signature. yeah um yeah that would be great um one idea for a stocking stuffer uh is for him to change his last name to nova or to his first name to no vaccine Djokovic um for his <laughs> anti-vaxxer stances um but yeah yeah, ending ending the matches on one shot would be. I would like just double fault on purpose against him so he couldn't <laughs> hit that shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would have to do it on his serve, right? Yeah. Um, I would. I would not return the serve on purpose, which would, <laughs> I guess, help him out. But yeah, that would just be really hard to do. Like. In squash, it would be like a little bit easier to do. You could just have the backhand nick. You can just go for the nick on every shot. Whereas, yeah, um, yeah, in tennis, like hitting the ball out is more of a thing. Um, but yeah, that does it. Um, we've given out our presents. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays if uh, Christmas is not your holiday um and yeah thanks again for listening to the doubles alley um we're gonna be back in the new year um assuming the world exists still in the new year um and uh hopefully we'll preview the australian open um i mean we definitely will preview the australian open but maybe we'll be back before then um and you can always find us on Twitter at Doubles Alley Pod. So until then, Feliz Navidad. Thank you.